This episode of No Bad Food is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Are you a producer of artisan food or drinks looking to get your name out there? Look no further. Whiskey Lane's team of social media, branding, and marketing experts is here to help. They'll take care of all that stuff for you so that you can focus on doing what you do best, making awesome products for your customers. Here at No Bad Food, we know that buying locally made products goes a long way toward making our world more sustainable, and that's why we're proud to be sponsored by Whiskey Lane. So, what are you waiting for? Grab your nearest artisan cheese or homebrewed IPA and run to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And remember, that's whiskey the Canadian way. Without any. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind. We'll take it slow this time. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome! This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Today, we're talking all about plant-based cheese. But before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember when the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. This spring, before this show was called No Bad Food, we held our second annual Munch Madness Bracket Tournament to determine the best food of the year. Countless guest judges phoned in, week after week, to cast their votes and decide which food was most worthy of the title. And, in a finale that can only be described as not even remotely surprising and a one-sided competition, Cheese defeated runner-up Pies and took home the title for 2021. As a result, I'm dedicated to delivering you a ton of cheesy content this year as a way of celebrating its victory. Now when we think of cheese, I think it's important to examine it from as many perspectives as possible. After all, there are, according to a cursory glance at Wikipedia, over a thousand different types of cheese. And when we start to get into foods made with cheese, those numbers grow even higher. I also think it's important to recognize that there are a lot of people who, for a variety of reasons, can't or don't eat traditional dairy-based cheeses, and so I want to make sure to talk about alternatives as well. After all, lots of people, myself included, are lactose intolerant, and lots of people choose not to eat animal products at all, due to factors like their effect on the environment and the dubious ethics of the dairy industry as a whole. And those people still deserve to be considered and to have access to tasty food. As such, I'm kicking things off by talking to my friend Greg Schultz about plant-based cheese. That is, cheese-like products made entirely out of plants. Plant-based cheese, more commonly known as vegan cheese, is a phrase used to refer to any cheese-like substance created from non-dairy plant-based ingredients in an effort to mimic or evoke the flavors and textures associated with standard dairy-based cheese products. These vegan cheeses tend to be made with plant-based fats and oils, seeds, and sometimes whole fruits and vegetables. It's frankly really cool, but it can also be really complicated and as a result pretty daunting to look into for the first time. That's why I wanted to talk to Greg this week. When I met Greg a few years ago, we bonded over a shared love of beef jerky. We, in fact, shared beef jerky 
when he passed me some beef jerky across the hall at PodCon in Seattle. Since then, he's gone plant-based. Now, I know that Greg is someone who loves to cook, and someone who used to really, really love cheese, so I thought that he would be a great person to talk to for a primer in all things plant-based. Now, historically, people have actually been making and eating plant-based cheeses for centuries. There are records from 16th century China of cheese products made from fermented tofu and soy. But vegan cheese, as we know it, only became a readily available commercial product, at least here in North America, in the past 40 or 50 years. And arguably, it only got good in the past, like, five or six. Greg and I will get into that a bit more in a little bit, and in the second half of the show, we'll share some ideas for what it would take to make plant-based eating more accessible and exciting for the average Joe, including some menu options for a plant-based greasy spoon diner, because we both love diner food. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, I am very excited to announce my guest right now. My guest is none other than Greg Schultz. Greg is one of the co-hosts of the Left Trigger, Right Trigger video game book club podcast. Also one of the co-hosts of Full Metal Bazinga, a show that really, if you haven't listened to it yet, what are you waiting for? Go check it out. It is a hellscape that you will enjoy a whole lot. And also (laughs) one of the people that I subject to my horrible brain thoughts on a uh, bi-weekly basis over on Natural Tuning Northern Treasure Sapphire Springs Task Force. Gregory, thank you for being here tom thank you for having me also having listened to the other campaign of natural tuny i can say that i'd much rather be subjected to your uh brain demons than 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 what's going on over there that Uh, is fair i'm definitely (laughs) i'm a little bit less on the body horror side of things than alex is that's true yeah yeah so uh welcome to no bad food it's your first time here since the, the name change. Ooh, it's so nice in here. It's got that new podcast smell to it. That's actually just sweat. It's very warm in the studio. It, yeah, it is very warm. Yeah, but um, you know what? Honestly, yeah. actually, probably statistically, most new podcasts do kind of smell a little bit like sweat. Yeah, yeah. Just because everyone's it. nervous. Uh, you're in a new space. You had to make it ready for a podcast. So it's just going to get it's going to get a little sweaty, stinky. Yeah. And that's what we're here for today. We're here to get a little sweaty, stinky, uh, because what is, you know, sweatier and stinkier than cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's up there. That's real up there. Um, so, of course, uh, cheese was the grand winner of uh, 2021's Munch Madness Tournament here on the show formerly known as Up for Discussion. Uh, Cheese beat out pies in the finale after beating out rice in the semifinals, pizza in the quarters, and sushi in the qualifying rounds. So as a result, I'm going to do a whole lot of cheese content this year, basically. Get hyped, people listening. Because you know the thing about cheese is that there's so many different ways that you can have cheese, so many different kinds of cheese, so many different places you can put cheese, and uh, we can't just dedicate a single episode to it, so we're not going to. So Greg, let's like get right into it. Tell me about your relationship with cheese. I had a very long and fruitful relationship with cheese, uh, and then um, you know I uh, I ended it. Yeah, uh, we decided to 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 part ways. Was it mutual? I think so. Uh, clearly, though, there is some bad blood concerning any time I consume it. It causes it, uncomfortable things to happen. Well, that's just getting back with an ex. That's true. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I I plant based, so uh, I haven't had intentionally cheese for a while. Sometimes you accidentally have cheese when you don't mm. mean to. Uh, and aren't prepared for it, and you and your partner spend a, a half a day uh, writhing in bed going, oh, what happened? And 
then uh, bad poops happen. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar. But no, cheese is great. I, I actually uh, had a roommate and uh, a best friend who uh, used to work at a as a cheesemonger and also like like was able got access to like really high end cheeses. Mm. So uh, it's actually funny that my relationship with cheese just before going plant based was I had really fancy cheeses, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he no longer worked there, and then it was like cool, no more fancy cheeses. Hmm. I miss. Hmm. I don't want to pay for the fancy cheeses anymore. Right. <laughs> um. Uh. Hmm. Uh, what if I just don't do the cheeses anymore? Interesting. Um, so you went from like you went from fancy cheese straight to no cheese. You didn't even have a period of like maybe cheddar's fine. There was. A, there was. It was like almost a begrudging cheese phase, mm. uh, where I would have some cheeses that. Like weren't necessarily like I just wouldn't go. I am a penny pincher. I would like what's the what's the self deprecating term I can I'm I'm cheap. Sure. Um, and I just don't tend to splurge on uh, things unless I like really really want it. And then cheese just the 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 level of cheeses that uh, I was getting access to. This is super snobby. But the access, <laughs> the the level of cheeses I was getting access to, it just was like, well, I'm never gonna get back up there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I never felt like splurging for the cheeses. I tended to go more for things like a better cut of meat or, mm-hmm. um, you know, this other type of uh, tomato. Or that's a bad example because I don't really like tomatoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but like uh, other like really good butter you can get really good Mm, butter on like a really nice bread like things like that so kind of giving up cheese was actually one of the easier things which i know for a lot of people is like the holdout it's like the one thing that they're like i can't give up cheese how am i supposed to like a lot of people who might be considering making a swap to their diet will go like but cheese though how do how do not cheese yeah well i think i'm one of those people like if i were to if I were to decide to cut out dairy, which like, you know, I understand there are environmental reasons. I understand that there are IBS reasons that I have, but like, I just, you know, I'm, I'm still not there yet, but like, you know, I get it. And I think that I could potentially end up there someday, but were I to decide to give up dairy, I think that cheese would be the last thing. Cheese would be the one that like holds out the longest. Yeah. Cause like uh, I grew up eating margarine. So like, you know, I love yeah. butter because as an adult, I discovered butter and was like, oh, you can just put this in everything and it's wonderful. But like, (laughs) if I went back to margarine, I would survive. And like, I don't mind non-dairy milks in my coffee, like oat milk fucks. So like, I could Mm -hmm. handle non-dairy milk. milk. But like, ooh, cheese is the last holdout there. I don't know. I swear that you're saying that, that like, because I'm thinking back and I was like, I stopped, I started getting almond milk because dairy cow milk beef milk if you will i stopped getting it because it would go bad too quickly in my fridge and i was like Ah. it's more cost effective to just get this because it lasts for longer sure again i'm cheap um i get that and then i I like the taste of smart balance margarine better Mm. than i liked it better than butter but i wasn't getting like really nice butter in those situations sure but like um so i got i had already kind of done some swaps but i definitely wasn't getting rid of cheese at that time like Because, like, 
how do you replace not just cheese and like I want to have a piece of cheese, but then how do you replace cheese in stuff? Right. Which is actually kind of what I'm here to talk about a little bit. Yeah. So so for the listeners, when I decided that, you know, the way that I was going to celebrate the winner of Munch Madness was to, you know, do a lot of content about it this year, I turned to Greg pretty quickly and was like, hey, do you want to do an episode about, you know, plant-based cheese substitutes? Because I don't have a ton of experience with them, but I do think that it's important that they exist. And like the handful of times that I have had them, I've had like middling experiences, but I know that, you know, there are better brands and there are worse brands and like, yeah, you gotta know how to work with them. And so I thought it would be cool to talk to someone who knows how to work with them, has a positive relationship with them, but also, you know, like you were just saying, you liked cheese before going plant-based. So you're not someone who's also going to shit on the concept of cheese while promoting plant-based cheese and it was important for me to have that that balance you know yeah for sure and like finding the right substitute for the job is actually a really important ability to have Mm -hmm. when you're going plant-based because of uh you basically need to figure out what that food is doing like what in this case what that cheese is doing and then replicate it through some other means right this actually comes up a lot with egg replacements Mm. there are like two dozen egg replacements out there of like different things that places will say you can just replace an egg with this and what you really ought to be doing uh, and there's a good article on Bon Appetit's website about this is going what is this egg doing in the recipe and then picking how to picking which replacement fits that role because like there are off the off the shelf egg replacers that you could use that aren't going to you know fit for everything like there's a just egg like yolks thing that you're supposed to eat like scrambled eggs you're just supposed to scramble don't put that in a baked dish to replace an egg that's gonna be bad you're gonna have a bad time that's mung beans like don't do that so for for cheese i think one of the main things to keep in mind is that you know dairy cheese is this incredible beautiful fusion of fat and salt most of the time Mm -hmm. Uh, with different like funk that goes with it, depending on what kind of cheese you're doing, um, and finding a way to replicate that uh, as, along with like texture and funk is, is really important. But starting at the base of like, all right, I need a fat and I need a salt. Mm-hmm. How am I going to make this work? One of the very first things that me and my partner uh, discovered as we went on this journey was like, oh, I want to put parm like pasta. You know what's you know what's um. You know it's vegan pasta. I can just have pasta. That's fine. Oh, I don't have Parmesan. <laughs> and and it's like, oh, what's the point of pasta right. if no cheese? Yeah. But it turns out if you have any kind, of, if you have like a food processor or a high speed blender, like a smoothie maker kind of thing, you can make a really quick and simple and straightforward Parmesan replacement with just like raw cashews mm. and nutritional yeast. That's mm. the funk. Right. Uh, and then enough salt for your taste and garlic if you want. Uh, nutritional yeast comes up a lot for vegan cheeses. Right. And some people are like, I don't know about them. I was definitely very kind of like, I don't know. This kind of tastes a little weird. I, I what I would say is I definitely got used to it. I don't know that like that that kind of cashew nutritional yeast salt mixture definitely gives that kind of shaker cheese right. feel, both feel and taste that I I want. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's tough, uh, for sure. Uh, one of the other, like, quick... Uh, one of the first things that I 
got into was I, I got a cookbook called the Vegan Instant Pot Cookbook by okay. Nisha Vora, and in that is a uh, vegan queso recipe that is way more involved. There are there are some simple and like quick ones, but this this compli- this more complicated one. It's not going to taste like... This is the other lesson. It's like it's not going to taste like directly like cheese, mm. but it's still going to taste good. Right. And it, if you go into it thinking like, I want this to taste like this exact thing, there's just not. There's just not one-for-one replicas, uh, or at least not many that I've found uh, that are good or worth it. <laughs> right. And so finding something that is like close and still enjoyable can be really valuable. I would say. Uh, Yeah, I I would say that like with most things where you're like looking to make substitutions, where you're looking to like, you know, omit a certain thing from your diet. Like I, um, (laughs) so like my partner is gluten-free now, which means that we like use a lot of gluten-free flours, which means that we're broke constantly from having like 60 different kinds of flour in tiny bags. And uh, (laughs) I think you and I have talked about this. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you know, when you're, when you're trying to replace something that's kind of an essential ingredient in something, you can't expect the replacement to be like a one for one thing, right? Like it's not going to happen. So you have to ditch that expectation and then go, okay, well, what's something, what's the core thing here? Is it the flavor? Is it the texture? Is it the meltiness? What is the thing that I want out of cheese in this instance? And if the thing you want out of cheese in this instance is something that's going to be melty and stretchy, you go, okay, cool. What can I find that's going to give me that? And then you, yeah. you know, figure out what that tastes like and go, okay, how can I build the other flavors around it? And it it kind of um, it kind of becomes its own thing, you know. And I think there's something mm-hmm. cool about that. Yeah, it's it's it, I have grown to like know a lot more about my food in that sense mm. um i think i've come on here and, and, and talked uh about that but like i just like i all of a sudden like knowing a lot more about <laughs> what goes into and like what goes on with my food right and now that's not always an option like you 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 are going to want like some off the counter option or like off the shelf or out of the the fridge options for things sure and and those are there are some out there but it takes some like i don't know some testing some like you got to find what works for your own personal taste mm-hmm. i've found there's like oat delicious ice cream things where rather than making traditional this is what a really cool one that kind of encapsulate this and then is also also off the off the shelf it's a it's a it's either coconut milk or almond milk ice cream mm. And basically, they make—they don't make the traditional flavors. They make flavors that work with the kind of milk that they're using. Yeah, I think I've had um, the like President's Choice coconut milk ice creams here are like pretty good for that. They'll do like coconut ice cream that's chocolate coconut or like pineapple coconut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, into that. I had one that was like almond milk-based thing, and it was like a a berry crumble and mm. it was really good sure. <laughs> and like you could taste like you could taste the the almond but it was like yeah that's great that's like the crumbly top on this this crumble that i'm eating right but it's also it gives me that ice cream feel yeah i love that uh some of the other ones that we've gotten off the shelf or like there will also be some stuff that's just hard to make right. <laughs> and it's just like uh i don't know we keep trying to make like we keep trying to make our own uh, plant-based sour cream and then we found that a grocery store nearby actually carries some and we're like 
Yeah, well, let's do that. I mean, I could do it. Same thing, actually, with uh, plant-based mayo. Hmm. Hellman's has a really good one. And, like, I know how to make it now, and it's inconsistent. I'm not the best with it. I don't like my blender. <laughs> and so, like, it's like I, can't, I, I could make it, but then I have, a, I have to have a bunch of aquafaba, which is just chickpea juice just sitting around, which right. can get awkward, and people are like, hey... Like, we live with people who are not also plant-based, and so they're like, what's this weird stuff? Right. <laughs> um, have you have you had to get really into chickpeas in order to make up for it? Just constantly <laughs> drying them and salting them with different... Because I feel like, you know, you could do, like, a ton of different, like, roasted chickpea flavors and, like, you know, be the, the roasted chickpea guy. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely trying to do that for a while, and it's just... And, like, I don't use all of the juice when I'm making, like, hummus. And, like, I do a bunch of stuff with chickpeas, but I don't do nearly enough stuff with aquafaba yet. Right. Uh, there's some, like, baking that I want to check out and stuff, but I also am just afraid to bake because science. Sure. I get that. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I've definitely messed around with it, but I'm still just like, ah. Uh, but also, what if instead I didn't have to worry about how long this aquafaba has been in the fridge? Um, I know I made hummus, but I think I tossed that one out. So which one? Huh. The other, the other two name drops I want to do of like brands that I have enjoyed mm-hmm. is uh, Kite Hill uh, cream cheese. Um, mm. Specifically, they like chive cream cheese. Okay, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not cream cheese, but it's like it's it's pretty much it it hits it checks the boxes. You know. Sure. Miyoko's uh, cheddar cheese. It's like it's a block of cheese and it's cultured, but it's completely dairy free. And they uh, Miyoko's Creamery has a bunch of other things that I haven't gotten a chance to like dip into, but they have apparently like a cheese wheel that you can buy. Whoa! Like that, I'm like, but what if I did that and then <laughs> made a lot of mistakes? Right. <laughs> um, that's interesting. Yeah, because that's yeah. the thing where like I feel like I've seen a lot of you know plant-based substitutes for uh, obviously we've got all of our plant milks whatever uh Mm -hmm. i've seen a lot of the cheese substitute ones that like are for melting and you know air quotes grating but i don't know have you found one that's nice to just snack on like because sometimes i'll just grab a slice of cheese out of the fridge i mean i don't keep my cheese pre-sliced in the fridge i'll grab the cheese out of the fridge and slice it and put the rest back and just Mm -hmm. you know munch on a slice of cheese is there like a dairy-free cheese that's good for that or like at that point do you need to just get into vegetables in a big way i haven't really found one this miyoko's one is the closest i've gotten Mm -hmm. and even that i'm not exactly like like i will melt it on a piece of on like a bagel or a piece of bread sure but i don't think i'm going for the i'm not going for the like like just putting that either straight up or just like on a cracker Mm mm-hmm I have put it, like, you take a little schmear of the uh, Kite Hill cream cheese, mm-hmm. and then you put a little bit of that cheddar on top of it. Okay. And it starts to melt, but then also the cream cheese is already, like, uh-huh, smooth. Uh-huh. So it tricks your brain into, ooh, this cheddar is super melty ooh. right now. And you eat a little bit of that, and you're like, mm, mm-hmm. melted cheddar oh, yeah. on my on my whatever I put this on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but that sounds great. <laughs> that That's nice, but it's also just, like, it's not quite... 
like I haven't found a a, a snack and cheese. Sure, really. it's not a um, it's it's not a just bring a brick to the couch and snuggle up and eat it at night kind of. Yeah, no, it, there's yeah, no not, there's no shame cheese for for vegans yet. Yeah, I haven't. And listen, <laughs> I used to be real into shame cheese. Yeah, give me a big old block. Give me like a sleeve or two of saltines, and maybe like if I'm feeling fancy, some mustard. Sure. Um, let's go to town and feel awful shortly yeah i haven't found i haven't found that yet it's more just like hey you know what you know what is plant-based oreos right so i'm gonna have a bunch of those yeah i I feel that i remember i had one vegan friend in high school because veganism wasn't like it hadn't even become a fad yet when i was a kid right like Mm -hmm. we i feel like when i was in college people started being vegans because it was trendy and then it started to you know fade and now people are vegan because they're vegan now that i'm going back to college in like two months and like it's been interesting to kind of watch that that go and my vegan friend in high school would eat oreos and we were always like how are you eating oreos these are these are clearly not vegan and she was like no look at the ingredients and we were like okay cool sure enough and it's nuts to me because like they're so good and they feel like they shouldn't be you know Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. nice. So you can you can just substitute Oreos as your like vegan shame late night snack. That's perfect. That or like just I will also still just make a pound of pasta and be like, this is it. This oh, is sure. what I got. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna bring this upstairs. It's still in the pot with a fork. Let's go. That's how you do um, it. Yeah, yep. I mean the the Annie's uh, the Annie's dairy free stuff is pretty good too, right? So yeah, I haven't. Oh, we gotta we gotta get more of that. <laughs> we keep trying to do like like make your own stovetop ones, mm-hmm. and it's just like this is good. It's not quite, and that that's another one of those. It's just like you should, I should just get a box, right? That is a thing that I find difficult about like meat substitutions and dairy substitutions and gluten free stuff is that. Like, with the exception of just eating raw veggies and fruits, there's not a, like, cheap, convenient, easy, like, just pop it in the microwave kind of substitution a lot of the time. Yeah. You you have to go that extra mile. And there is something nice about going the extra mile, certainly. Like, I every time that I actually cook, I do feel a little bit better about it. But, like, sometimes you do just want that, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> you don't even yeah. want to do craft dinner on the stove you want to just get one of the little cups and pop it in the microwave and eat it a minute later like sometimes you need those convenience foods and i think that that's where i hope anyway that we're going to see the market kind of go that direction with plant-based cheese because i would love to see these like you know convenience food options become more readily available for this kind of stuff yeah i think that's going to be the trick to to get people to give up dairy and and meat for like you know planet saving reasons honestly i think is going to be turning all of that stuff into convenience food yes absolutely actually and there's definitely been like calls for like hey could i get like i want (laughs) get me a plant-based like diner i just want to go into Mm. a diner that is plant-based and like not care and just eat like diner level food sure give me a bad diner give me a bad diner right um and i can do this or I, yeah, it, like just the, the the like quick like just grab it and go, uh-huh. um, because I will say it has come a long way. Yeah, uh, my sister was vegan through most of her high school years. She's uh, six and a half years older than me, and it was tough for her. Right, um, she was basically cooking everything. There weren't very many. Like we had frozen 
vegan burgers. Okay. Um, that were eh. Uh, and and my mom was very much like, "You're not gonna have enough protein. You're gonna die." Uh, also, at the time, my parents were doing Atkins diet, uh-huh. so uh, when it came time to dinner, they would have their like steak, and that's it. My sister would have vegan food, and then they'd be like, "Oh crap, we forgot to make whatever for <laughs> dinner for Greg, who is ten, and it's just like, huh, what's going on?" <laughs> Why are you all eating different things? What's <laughs> happening? Which was always fun. Uh, my sister did have to stop being vegan after she went to college. She went to college in Ohio and in like a pretty small town and a fairly small college where they had a vegan option, but it was meal A on day one, meal B on day two, and then they just alternated between the two. Oh, no. So it, was, it was basically those and cereal, and she, I think she had to provide her own uh, dairy-free milk. Right. Um, so she ended up going back to being just a vegetarian. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating or review I get during the month of May, I'll be donating $2 to The Depot, my local food bank here in Montreal. They can turn every $1 into $3, which means that your free rating or review does $6 of good for a family in need. You can read about everything they're doing at the link in the description below. Now that this show has been heavily focused on food for a while, I went back and I noticed that most of our existing Apple Podcast reviews are pretty outdated and still talk about it as if it's a comedy show, so if you've already left a review in the past, maybe take this opportunity and go update it and I'll count that as a new review and still give you know two dollars to the depot because even though it's technically just an update of an old one it still counts it's still helpful if you want to hear more of me and Greg talking about food together go back and listen to episode 318 of up for discussion available on this same podcast feed Greg was one of my guest judges for munch madness this year and he phoned in to talk about pie chicken pizza and mac and cheese so actually a It's a pretty good companion piece for today's episode about plant-based cheese. I'll include a link to that in the description of this episode, as well as a link to my recent guest appearance over on his show, Left Trigger, Right Trigger, where I talked about the video game Cooking Mama and how it kind of gave me a push that I needed to get into cooking back in the day. Lastly, if you haven't listened yet to last week's episode about pho, go cue that up and give it a listen after you finish this one. Tung La and I have a fantastic conversation about what makes a truly delicious bowl of pho, the history and culture around it, and what to do with leftover ingredients when you run out of broth. We also talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! So, you know, if that's something you like, (laughs) go listen to it. All right, that's enough for me. Let's get back to the show. Okay, Greg, I love the idea of a plant-based, cheap eats, trashy diner. What's on the menu? Let's figure it out. Okay, I want like a real, (laughs) this is going to be weird, but I I want a mac and cheese. Sure. For sure. Yeah. And I want it to be like oily. I don't know. Like it doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be great. It no. just has to be like quick and hot. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want sandwich options cuz that's the mm-hmm. other thing that's hard to do quick uh is just a sandwich now cuz mm-hmm. I have to have either made something ahead of time to put in it cuz I'm not going to grab cold cuts. Right. Uh give me like a good chill like a bean a beanie chili. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that's um, nice because because a beanie chili, like if you can get the texture right, you can do a vegetarian chili that feels like a meat chili by just like yeah. swapping out, like you know, get some nice mushrooms, get some yeah. beans, run it through, like put an immersion blender into it to give it that like mm-hmm. grainy texture a little bit more like ground beef has, and you can totally pretend that it's a meat based chili. Yes, absolutely. Love Sidebar: that. mushrooms are magical. 
They I'm are. not just talking about magic mushrooms. I'm just talking about mushrooms in general mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> are, are like wildly delicious and also can be used to uh, replace or like do a bunch of different things. Yeah. Both culinarily and then also apparently there are mushrooms that will just eat plastic. Oh. Which is like, oh, hey, that's a that's a thing. Yeah. Hey, we should do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll just like eat anything. Like it's <laughs> like mushrooms will take over the world eventually. I'm sure. pretty sure of it. Yeah. I think um potatoes. Potato lots of potato options. Oh, yes. Like oh. I love when I go to, you know, so up here in Quebec, like our diners are all casse-croutes, which are like the Quebec version of a diner. So, you know, rather than like pastrami on rye, we get uh, smoked meat, which is Mm -hmm. just a different kind of pastrami. But don't say that too loud or, you know, they'll kill you. Uh, (laughs) You know, we get poutine. We get um, usually pizza, usually pasta, hot dogs, that kind of all the kind of standard fare as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think potatoes are something that, like, every potato dish is awesome when you serve it with meat and cheese in some capacity. But I think that they can all also be adapted to be plant-based really easily. Like, obviously, French fries, you're just good to go right out the gate. Um, Mm -hmm. um, You can do really good mashed potatoes without any, like, um, milk or cream. Now, don't get me wrong. When I make mashed potatoes, I often put, like, an entire brick of butter and, like, grate a whole lot of different kinds of cheeses into it until it's a beautiful, Mm -hmm. you know goopy half cheese half potato mess but (laughs) i have made dairy-free mashed potatoes in the past just by saving some of the water that i boil the potatoes in as a substitute for the cream and then using Mm. cornmeal to help thicken it a little bit and uh because it had to be gluten-free as well at that point but if it doesn't have to be gluten-free you could also build a roux that's you know a plant-based roux i'm sure you can do it with like oil right yes (laughs) like absolutely there's ways roux is just basically flour and fat yeah oil i would love to see in a plant-based diner like i think that you you know yes you can make it all kind of greasy spoon stuff but i think you would have to still have ingredients like you'd have to get fancy with it a little bit even if Mm -hmm. the fancy was all behind the scenes and what you put on the table looked like slop right (laughs) because i think that the appeal of a diner is not you know, knowing in your mind that the food is trash. The appeal of the diner is the food coming to the table and being kind of trash and being delicious. And yes. I think that behind the scenes in a diner, you could be using like grade A beef, go to town, mm-hmm. whatever. So I think that the trick here is having a lot of different options for like, you know, you can get a mash that has, uh, I'm going to stay really potato focused here because this is where I'm at. You know, you can have a mash that has celeriac in it. You can have a mash that has parsnips in it. You can add mm-hmm. sweet potato. You can really get it like experimental and fun with that. Deep fry a whole lot of different veggies, gluten-free batter, some pickles. Like you can really go all out with the stuff. Yeah. I, this is making me want to get, it's basically chicken fried steak, but make a make a mushroom based chicken fried steak with mm. a big thing of like potato, probably with like parsnips and some chives sure. in it, uh, and then just like a real herby gravy over all of that. Yeah, give me give me that hot plate. I want that blue light special. What I'm thinking is almost like uh, you could even go like an eggplant parm direction with it, where oh, yeah. it's a chicken fried eggplant parm, but then toss a mushroom gravy on top of that, right? Almost like biscuits and gravy style. Mm-hmm. 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 Ooh, can I tell you about a lasagna I made? Absolutely. <laughs> it was great. It was basically, other than the pasta, and I think one other ingredient, and I can't remember what it was, but everything else was vegetables, including 
what the like cheese filling quote unquote mm. uh that is supposed to take the place of like a ricotta right. or anything like that the recipe is in America's Test Kitchen's Vegan for Everybody, okay. which if you want to try some things, I highly recommend it. I didn't pick it up until really late mm. in the game, um, but it's it's got... We haven't hit, hit a dud in it, which is, <laughs> which is good. And it also, you know, they test all their recipes like 10 ways to Sunday. Sure. It's this delicious, like, dip, and, like, later I'm going to go use it to do... Like this ricotta replacement, I'm going to put artichokes in it Hell yeah. and some other seasonings and make a artichoke dip out of it. Uh-huh. And I'm very excited about that. And like, <laughs> um, but it also served its purpose perfectly in this lasagna of like it had the exact right texture mm. for that kind of like creamy graininess. Right. Almost. What was it? I'm literally gonna open it up because sure. I cannot remember right now. Because I'm trying to think of like like what vegetables like. I'm just I'm strictly thinking like turning vegetables into some kind of substitute for that and I'm wondering yeah. if like you know you could maybe do something with like cauliflower and like definitely cauliflower yeah yeah I'm thinking I'm gonna guess before you tell me I'm thinking cauliflower okay. and maybe like zucchini it was cauliflower and some raw cashews so this was an example okay. of sure yeah the not vegetable just like salt and pepper oil mm-hmm. and fresh basil okay okay yeah, I can see that being delicious. And it was just like it was. It this is like one of the weird ones because like you boil the cauliflower and the cashews together, mm-hmm. and when you boil cashews, it releases like almost like a lavender foam or something into the water, and you're like, uh, "Am I poisoning myself? <laughs> what did I do? Did a sharpie drop in here? What's happening?" And then you put that into a food processor with all the liquid, and you're like, "Okay, here we go." And then you pulse it and put salt and pepper and some other things in there and you're like this is delicious apparently Hmm. uh what how did this happen (laughs) um this is why uh cooking is alchemy actually so i can't remember if i've said this on the show yet or not i was officially accepted to do my bachelor's in history at concordia university here in montreal starting in the fall and uh i don't actually want to major in history i want to major in food studies but I want to major in food studies with an eye toward food history. So I figured history makes the most sense that I can, you know, and food studies doesn't exist as a major here. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take all of the food studies courses that exist kind of spread out throughout the university and unofficially minor in food studies while majoring in history. Um, And I'm taking a nutrition course in the fall. That's like all about like the different ways that vitamins and whatnot interact in food. And I'm very, very excited to, elevate my level of nerdiness with this stuff because i feel like you're right that like food is alchemy but also it's kind of just chemistry or biology i don't know yeah but that's awesome i'm 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 jealous i want to know i want to like i don't want to go back to school mostly i'm jealous of like i wish i had that kind of i wish i knew what i wanted to do a lot more <laughs> when i did when i was going through school sure um that's the benefit of dropping out at 19 and going back at 28 is uh, honestly i yeah. think that's the play like <laughs> if you're not gonna go to like what what immediately after college i was like oh, i should have just gone to two years of community college and spent that time trying to figure out what i wanted to do and sure. then do it instead of just being like well no i'm going to graduate <laughs> otherwise yeah um that was yeah that's anyway life. that's awesome that sounds great yeah that sounds really cool well we are running out of time before we wrap up i wanted to ask do you have 
any final thoughts, any words of wisdom for people who are considering taking the plunge, going plant-based, considering even just, you know, incorporating more plant-based stuff into their diets, but not necessarily, you know, going whole whole... Whole hog is what I was trying to say. <laughs> Not concerned. <laughs> whole ham hock. Whole ham hock, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Any like words of advice for people about that or like resources you think people should check out? I'm going to get again plug the Vegan for Everybody by America's Test Kitchen. I think that's a really good one. Beyond that, as far as like advice and things like that, I, I think just at least for if you are concerned for environmental or, you know, personal reasons of wanting to do. Uh, wanting to go into plant-based then any little bit and just trying to do it like very slowly I think is a great way to do it I didn't do that and (laughs) I don't know why it's just a personality quirk Um, the other thing is if you try something and it's and it doesn't work for you that's gonna happen it's gonna happen in a lot of cases and you should move on from that one like think about why it didn't work for you and then try something else Mm -hmm. keeping that in mind it's just really to be open to the whole process and open to trying these new things. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's about, you know, you, you're not ever going to do the perfect thing the, fir- the the first time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so so why expect your food to do the perfect thing the first time? Go yeah. easy on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Baby steps. Be gentle to yourself. Your baby. And your baby tummy. <laughs> baby tummy. Uh, Greg, where can people on the internet find your baby tummy if they uh, <laughs> if they're looking for it? Um, yeah, uh, as Tom said, uh, I'm on Left Trigger Right Trigger podcast. That's where you can f- you can find that on a, your podcatcher of choice, along with, I guess, Full Metal Bazinga. If you want to go down that road, it's uh, it's it's a wild ride. Uh, I'm also on. Uh, we're starting up production again for the Ones of Future Nerd, uh, which is a oh awesome. Um, a scripted show, a scripted podcast that I voice act on. And then the other big thing is that uh, I stream almost every Thursday over at the Left Trigger, Right Trigger Twitch page. Uh, Right now I'm playing through some Final Fantasy VIII in what the segment that we're calling Greg's Cozy Corner. Mm -hmm. Um, So come around on 8 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash left trigger, right trigger. Do you mean 8-7 Central? Just like, uh, you know, Jeopardy or whatever. How dare you? Uh, except that was at 7. Come on, That's man. Seven. Come on. Actually, okay, yeah. After you've watched Jeopardy and Wheel, <laughs> yeah. uh, t- turn on Twitch. <laughs> Come hang out with me and usually Tess. We're usually just sitting around goofing on stuff. Love that. Well, hey, thank you so much. This is great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to No Bad Food. Did we miss something you think we should have said? Tell us all about it on Twitter and Instagram at NoBadFoodPod. If you like this episode and want to help me make the show even better, head to patreon.com slash NoBadFoodPod and donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Chantal, and David. Patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if that is appealing to you, head to patreon.com slash NoBadFoodPod. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Tee Public. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. 
Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Flam, who's actually on Natural Toonie Northern Treasures Sapphire Springs Task Force with me and Greg. And you can find links to support both of them in the description of this episode. Last but not least, the show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalat, and I as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Tune in next week when I'll be talking to a professional cheese grater. Not, he doesn't grate, grade with a dit. He ranks cheese. You know what I mean. You are. It just takes a little time, it takes a little time, it takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind, we'll take it slow this time. I'm Tefra Jemian, the producer and host of the Yeah Podcast, a young adult lit review podcast focusing on amplifying the diverse voices in YA literature. Join us as we dig into the world of young adult books, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upward Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else.